Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for, what is today, Thursday? It is uh, the 15th. I need my glasses, so I'll put those back on. Uh, My name is Sean Tierney, and this is a show where I cover what's new and happening in industrial automation. Let's go ahead and pull up the news for today. And, um, you know, before we get into that, I did want to show you something, and that is... In case there's any noise, I wanted to share with you the construction going on. Now, um, I do have the chat up. If uh, my levels, volume levels are are no good, let me know in the chat. But I did test right before we went live, and they they sound all sounded good. So in any case, I'm trying to I'm wearing this headset instead of the lapel mic because I'm hoping it'll um, cut out some of the background noise. And um, one of the reasons for that is because. I wanted to share with you an image. So let me see if I can do this correctly. So let's see here. Let's see. Eh, what do I do? What do I do? Let's see. Let me stop sharing the screen there. And let's go back to this. And let's go to present. Share screen. And let me share, just share the entire screen here. That'll work out better. I hope. Okay, so we have that up, and I want to show you. Let's see if this works. Oh, it looks like it's working. So in any case, I'm going to show you. This is a pan I took this morning of, this is probably 100 feet from where I'm sitting. And um, you can see I'm way over here to the left uh, in the in the back of a row of suites. But this is the work they're doing on this floor of the office center. This just used to be Wayfair, and it used to just be all offices. And now they're subdividing it into different suites. And uh, somebody was surprised I was taking a picture. But in any case, so you may hear some of the nailing or cutting you know, as they put in walls and, and turn this one big open floor plan into uh, different suites of offices with a shared kitchen and whatnot. So I wanted to share that. Also, if you want to get a look at what um, the cameras, I don't have all the cameras in yet, but here's some of the, this is the office, which is just a... Uh, collection of boxes right now and stuff in my office chair, which somehow got in front of the camera. This is uh, where I am right now in the training room. We'll have eight tables over there, all facing the front. You can't see the front of the room. Um, But I chose the uh, whiteboard as my background because um, there's like empty TV monitors and all kinds of stuff all over the place. But you can see we, we brought in a fridge, a microwave, and a coffee pot and still waiting for some of the furniture to come in. This is where I'll end up doing the morning news. This is Studio A, but this is the closest to the construction. And you can't see out here. This is our lunchroom out here. And then this will also be where we do the uh, sit-down interviews. So we'll have some three comfy chairs and whatnot. And then this is Studio B. I got a couple of the workbenches in there. I get the conveyor. lost one of its feet. I got some TVs. We got a whiteboard. So there's a lot of work going on in there. We're trying to set up the instructor's computer here. These are the, the monitors for, you know, when I'm filming. We're still building the camera racks to, to hold the cameras and whatnot. But I thought I'd share with that in case you thought that was interesting stuff. I wanted to share that with you. Now, let's go ahead and jump into the news here. Again, I'm using a different monitor layout. I actually have uh, four monitors. I have two in front of me. And I have two here on the desk. This isn't a permanent setup, but it was the best I could get done yesterday. And so with that, let's go ahead and jump into the news. And uh, just wanted to let you know that um, we have brought on a uh, independent contractor who's been adding the links to automate.news. He's also been uh, writing um, what I call micro blogs for the um, 
you know, for the website, theautomationblog.com. So typically I'll choose five or six articles about products or technologies and we'll, uh, and he'll uh, put these up here. So if you kind of want to get an idea of, you know, more than just the links. So automate.news is just links, right? So if you want to get an idea of more of like the top stories from my perspective, you'll find those now at theautomationblog.com and they go in this column here on the left, latest news, right? So you can see the sensor we talked about, the drives we talked about, the, the, um, uh, you know, the laser sensor, distance sensor, and the PLC Next article. And so now we're doing the same thing over at the Automation School for the educational articles. But I don't have that up, so I'm not going to go there right now. But in any case, um, you can see the latest shows here. We just released yesterday our show with Banner about their remote I.O. products. Great show. They have stuff that talks I.O. links, stuff that talks Modbus, stuff that talks Ethernet IP, Profinet, and Modbus CCP. And it's a really an awesome solution. You may be familiar with some of these products from our Snap Signal, um, our uh, you know uh, podcast that we did a while back. Um, I think they've rebranded that more of just Modbus RTU type connections. But in any case, same great products, and uh, you'll see that over there. That's podcast 192 if you're listening and not watching. But in any case, um, I did want to show you that. And of course, the latest articles we have. Um, I have to come in here and edit these because these should these shouldn't be here. These are where the articles we write these on our micro blogs. So I'll have to work with Julius to uh, to uh, get the right selection for those. But in any case, um, we have a new series of articles coming on Arduinos. We're going to start with the basics, then we're going to go into more advanced, then we'll eventually talk about using them as PLCs. I have my uh, my uh, youngest son working on that. Um, he's off today, but we got some kits coming in. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know a lot of people, you know, they, they can't afford a uh, $1,500 or $2,500 PLC for home projects, right? So we're going to work with uh, the OpenCV PLC folks, Arduino folks, and put together a series of articles on that. So I wanted to share that with you. Oh, excuse me. And I also wanted to uh, thank uh, Banner for sponsoring their appearance on our show. Um, because they sponsored their appearance, they get an ad right here, right? So you see it, Remote.io. Um, ad so this was free for making the the uh, podcast ad free so really appreciate that it covers really underwrites our cost to do the show um, by having them sponsor it so um, you know um, we can pay our editors for doing the work they do so in any case uh, with that um, I want to thank Siemens who sponsored this episode of the morning show making it ad free thank you Siemens if you know if you see anybody from Siemens please thank them for sponsoring today's show and with that, let's go over to our first uh, press release here. This is from Honeywell, and it's about how their technology was chosen to power the world's first commercial-scale hydrogen carrier. So um, shipping hydrogen back and forth like natural gas, it's kind of complex, right? And um, But I thought this was interesting because we've been covering hydrogen on our show as a, uh, a clean energy that can be used in internal combustion engines and still only produce water as a result. So, um, you know, not everything has to be batteries, but although there's a lot of new battery technologies coming out that are exciting too. Um, from there, we go over to Anybus. They announced that they just uh, reached maturity level three certification. Um, this is 62443-4-1. So congratulations to HMS and Anybus. Um, I know this is a big deal. We're watching as vendors each uh, come through and get this certification, and then they they get the the 4-2, which is the next step up. So as each of these vendors in our space uh, do that, we're going to be covering that. And um, let's go on to the next press release here. Oh, I thought this was very very interesting from RS. Okay, 
um, they have announced that they are the exclusive online um, source for the new Cymatic IPC MD34A. Now, you may remember this. I actually uh, worked with Siemens to get a sample and produce um, uh, an, an unboxing and first use of this unit. I really liked it. Matter of fact, they later sent me a, um, a docking station for it, which I haven't had a chance to play with because of the move. But in any case, I really liked it. It is an i5. It doesn't have like an NVIDIA RTX graphics card in it. Excuse me for a second. I haven't finished my coffees today. That's how crazy it's been. Um, but in any case, still, you know, if you don't have a relationship with Siemens, but you really want to pick up one of these IPCs, um, you know, industrial IPCs, definitely an option. Uh, to get it through RS, and we we cover we try to cover RS because they do they do carry a lot of products um, in our space. So from there, we're going to go over to some announcements from Siemens. We have um, a limited sales release of their new technology modules, the TMMPU version two, which allows you to deploy AI applications on the Sematic SM1500 and ET200 MP. We also have a release of Cinematics Stock Drive version 17 Service Pack 2 and uh, a new IPC. Now, we do have a show coming up where we cover all the IPCs from Siemens. Uh, you know, we've been going through many vendors talking about their IPCs. Excited to release this one. It's not the next one coming out. The next one coming out to kind of leverage off our focus on I.O. with Banner. We're going to do um, what's new with Siemens I.O., some really great stuff in that episode. I believe that's next week. But in any case, this particular IPC BX39A comes pre-installed with Industrial Edge Runtime. So if you're familiar with that, there's all kinds of apps you can get, um, Siemens and others, uh, in the Industrial Edge uh, store. And one of those would be the virtual PLC. So I'm assuming that this particular BX39A could run the uh, virtual S7. Um, you'll find out more about that virtual PLC back in our first Tech Talk 01. We do have more Tech Talk scheduled, but um, it's been kind of crazy with the move. But uh, we will have more of those live shows coming. But uh, Tech Talk episode or Tech Talk Live um, episode one is uh, is out, and we talk about the VPLC. I had a great time doing that. From there, we go over to Danforce. Now, you know, I we didn't have a lot of news from Danforce last year. And now, in the last few weeks, we've had two big announcements from them. We previously covered their micro drives for HVAC applications, and now they have a new programmable controller for HVAC applications. Now, you're probably not going to use this for machine control. You probably could if you wanted to. But in any case, this does use, like, an interface that programs in 611.31-3, so you get ladder logic and all the basic languages you're very familiar with, right? Um but in addition to that, it has some of the HVAC networking uh, protocols included, like BACnet, CAN bus, Modbus, right, and uh, another big one, MQTT. So in any case, if you're doing type of any type of building management system or HVAC control, Danfoss has a brand new controller. Very cool. There's a snap-on display and all kinds of other features I'm not going to go into now. But if you want to know more, the link will be up at automate.news later today. From there, we go over to an article from PNF, and they're talking about um, th this is an application story about their Smart EX03 intrinsically safe smartphone with all around USB C interface. So, 
Um, we've talked about this product before. They also have a Tabit, we, the Tab EX, I believe, which we've talked about. And these these are great if you do work someplace where everything, you know, you have some hazardous locations where things need to be intrinsically safe or explosion proof. Um, these are great devices, right? Mobile devices that you can actually take into those areas. Um, the interesting part about this article, I thought, was, and there's a video at the bottom if you want to know more, but this actually supports docking so that, and I know there are other phones that do this too, but I just thought this was an interesting use case because if you go out in the field, take some pictures, you know, it may not be convenient to, to, you know, type an email there or write a document there. So you can come in, plug it into the docking station and use a regular keyboard and mouse and um, monitor and, and, and access your phone like it was a desktop computer. So very interesting interface. But the other interesting thing about this article was they really do a, a, a refresher on USB-C. And what are the types of USB? We haven't seen one of these in a few months. And so I wanted to share that part of it as well. And um, they also talked about um, just some other things here in this article, too, related to uh, the smartphone and USB 3. Now, I do want to point out that this SmartX 03 does come with Android 13. Now, I looked it up. The latest Android is 14, right? But this smartphone, uh, like other smartphones, typically Android smartphones, typically supports the current rev and two future revs. So according to this page, you can actually use Android 13 that comes with it. You can upgrade to 14, and you'll be able to upgrade to 15 when it comes out. So um, that's that's really cool. And you can see all the different things here. The 4G, 5G bands, very important because European bands are different than American bands. A lot of the bands are different. Don't know why. Um, but in any case, uh, 13 megapixel main camera, 8, 8 megapixel front camera, and uh, so on. So um, in any case, it does have a replaceable battery, which I like. All right, so let's go on to the next news story here. Oh, new from Banner. We were just talking about them because we had them on the podcast yesterday. Um, they have a new uh, continuous voltage monitor out. So if you're looking for one of those, it does have a Modbus RTU interface, which we talked about in the uh, uh, podcast quite a bit. And um, you can also use the asset monitoring gateway from Banner too to uh, collect data from it as well. So interesting new product there. Um, next up, we go to our featured product. This is the S7 1500 and 1200 online course over at theautomationschool.com. Um, very, uh, I think it's a very thorough course. We will be adding to it in the future. The, the move has kind of paused a lot of our efforts. We will also be releasing. So keep an eye on this. If you want to know about the comfort panel HMIs, we are going to begin filming a course on that right around March 1st. And it will be initially, it will come out at a reduced price. Like we do all our courses, probably $50 and then it'll go to a hundred dollars. So, um, if you want to learn about the comfort panels, um, I've worked with a lot of great uh, people at Siemens. Um, uh, Ramey sent me a couple of units to use in the show. I got to send them one back uh, this weekend if, if I can find some time. I'm out of town this weekend, but in any case, uh, uh, this course is about the S7 1200, 1500. It's a forever course. Buy it once, own it forever, get support forever. So uh, in any case, that's our featured product for today. And then we go over to Umron, and they have a new article out about revolutionizing material movement with autonomous mobile robots, AMRs, and this really focuses in on the features of their MD series of AMRs. So you can see them here. Okay, so if you're interested in that, check that out. And then Siemens had a new article out about less is more or why one engineering framework can meet all requirements. Now, this isn't a deep dive. We're not going into code or anything, but I did find it interesting to see how Siemens positions TIA Portal 
um, in in their uh, in their software. You know what I'm saying? And um, or I should say how they position TIA Portal or the totally integrated automation as a solution for you know an entire engineering framework so very interesting article a little light on, on tech but still interesting to know how siemens is is positioning their products um from there we go over to obviously mdt now this article is really interesting it really kind of recaps the last year of developments and there's a lot of stuff they added over the last year um if you look let me get rid of this little pop-up if you look um here on the left you can see new things they supported including EcoStructure Machine Expert projects, they now support Compare. Um, you can see ABB AC500, they, they now support Compare and Upload. This is CodeSys uh, V3 protocol. Um, I'm not going to cover everything. Um, you can see here Cisco Switches 9000 series, Upload and Compare support. And then over here on the editor side, um, Snyder Electric Sew Machine, uh, extension of support for TI Portal projects. Um, you can see Siemens WinCC Unified Compare Support, which is great, and then Schneider Control Expert. So a lot of new, and I didn't cover everything if you're listening, a lot of new features in obviously MDT. Now from there, we're going to go over to Copia. They had a new article out about industrial DevOps, okay? And um, we they had an article about this recently where they talked about um, what it was. In this one, they talk about more of the advantages, and they break it down to... Uh, and, and really comparing it to other options. So I think we all know like the file folder option where, where you just expect everybody to, whenever they make a change to the program, they rename it with the date and they put it in the back on the file server or in a file folder somewhere. And that's kind of like the worst solution. Although, you know, that's all we had back in the days of SneakerNet, right? But uh, in any case, um, then they talk about SVN or subversion as a solution, right? And uh, there's vendor tools, of course, that will do this. Every vendor, most major vendors have their own kind of library or, or archiving software. And then they talk about DevOps, right? Industrial DevOps. So these, this is a company that has a, a you know, background working with some of the biggest companies in the world doing, uh, you know, um, this type of Git-based source control with, you know, with big companies like Facebook, Google, and all those guys. And now they're bringing it to the industrial side. So very interesting product. We've had a couple of shows with them. I met with, um, I guess, one of their marketing people to, uh, to talk about maybe getting them back on to talk about some new stuff they got coming out this year. But uh, interesting stuff. We have a podcast with both Copia and with uh, obviously MDT. So uh, check those out if you're interested in these type of solutions. Uh, next up, we have an update on Omlocks. Now, if you didn't catch my interview, I think it's a couple years old now, with Michael Bound from uh, Profinet International or PI. Um, I think it's actually Profinet, Profibus International. But in any case, um, on the Profinews website, they had an update to Omlocks. And Omlocks is, you know, everybody has these like uh, real-time location systems or tracking systems. So what Omlox did was it's a, a bunch of different vendors get together and say, hey, we need a standard so we can all interoperate with each other. And so this is talking about some of the changes that happened over the last several months. With that, we have a new article from DigiKey, and this is about power rails. I'm sorry, not power rails, power relays. And I thought this was interesting. If you have anybody junior on your staff or anybody just getting into the market, they really do a good job of explaining these what power relays do. And uh, they talk about other type of relays too. Now, this is all for um, people who are, you know, it leads to 
links to buying circuit board mounted relays. That's typically not what we're using um, in the field. But in any case, it's still the basics of these. I thought they really did a good job of covering like single pull, double throw, you know, uh, double pull, double throw, and so on. So from there, we go over to um, Premio, which is an industrial computer company, and they have an article, which motherboard is right for you for industrial developments? And, um, you know, the one thing I liked about this article, well, this, you know, I enjoyed the entire article, but the one thing that really stood out to me is they really start, you know, if you haven't looked at motherboards in a while, right? So this is something I've done since... I got my first 8088, right? So, which was a hand-me-down for my, my younger brother. But in any case, uh, back in the early 90s, um, this is uh, this kind of gives you a good refresher on the different uh, ATX-style motherboards, or ATX and ITX, right? So, in the last show, we talked about a single-board computer. Well, uh, these talk about, you know, the more modular versions of motherboards, with the standard ATX being the biggest. But from an industrial perspective, and it's kind of like, you know, you choose the motherboard, you choose the components, then you have to choose an industrial chassis. And when you get that all together, you have an industrial computer. Now, Premio and all these other people we've covered, Siemens came on the show. We have had OnLogix on the show. Um, I'm trying to, did I forget somebody? So we've had a lot of people, oh yes, Global American on the show to talk about industrial computers. So there are a lot of vendors out there with great support and, um, you know, capabilities out there. But I still thought this was interesting. Uh, to talk about though just the motherboards uh with that we go over to rf ideas and um they they in this article they explain what passkey authentication is so if you're thinking away getting away from just using passwords and either using biometrics or cards or something like that um which i'm a fan of as you guys know if you've been watching the show this is an article all about explaining what path passkey authentication is um, then we go over to the Opto 22 blog, and uh, Dan has an article about his recent trip to the Arc Industry Forum. Now, when I think of Arc, I think of or ARC. Um, we've had him on the podcast. I typically think of people who write reports, right? They do research and write reports, right? I don't think of them like as an automation fear or as a um, you know, um, some of the other shows automate or something like that. So I've actually reached out to Dan this morning to say, hey, what do you think? Do you think this is something that tech and technology enthusiasts, people who are really interested in industrial automation products and want to learn more and see what other people are doing? Is this the event? Is this an event we should put on our calendar? Or should we stay with like the classics trade shows like, you know, automate? And uh, so in any case, but it was I thought I found it very interesting. It was an interesting article about his trip out there. Um, from there we go over to now, I had, <laughs> I had, because yesterday was Valentine's Day, right? So I had two thoughts on this article. So the PLC Next folks wrote an article. It's a poem about PLC Next. And, you know, part of me's like, oh, gee whiz, come on, guys, this is corny. And then part of me's like, oh, this was pretty cool. So you decide for yourself. I'm kind of two minds of it. But um, I got to laugh when I read it. So in any case, I won't spoil it for you if you want to check it out. Uh, from there, we go over to Beckoff. They have this article. It's really an application story about a customer who's using their IPC slash control system for um, liquid metal uh, additive manufacturing. And a very interesting article. Um, you can see some of the products being made here. Let's see if we can go bigger with that. And uh, very interesting products, right? A lot of this, I would think you would have to cast, right? This looks like products you would have to cast. Um, but in any case, um, very interesting application 
And uh, of course, we get a picture of the Beck off right here. We try to cover them. We'd love to get them on the show because I really don't understand their product line, right? So I know when we had Horner on, really helped me understand their product line and pretty much every vendor we've had on really helped me understand their product line and what their position is in the market. But in any case, let's go on to our next story here. Oh, this is the digital newsstand section. And we have, and this is early. Usually uh, most vendors release their digital newsletters at the end of the month. But this one came in early from Automation Direct. They got some in new interesting articles here. They got one about uh, automation expanding a machine shop success. So that's an application profile. Then we have when and why do upgrade HMIs. This is a really old system inside of a, uh, with a metal door on the front. It looks like an enunciation panel, not even an HMI. Looks like an old enunciation panel and there's some push buttons and pilots in the door, stainless steel. Then they have um, information on their Z-Range safety switch system, um, their Lutz uh, power supplies. They have their LS Electric EtherCAT PLC modules, and productivity PLCs, and so on. So if you want to know more about those topics, check that newsletter out. And uh, that brings us to the guide of the day. And today we're featuring our S7-1200 guide. If you're not familiar with the guides over at the Automation Blog, what we did is we took um, the top written about or, or videos, the top products that we made videos or articles about. And we created guides for each of those. So we have 16 guides. Again, this isn't doesn't cover everything we've ever covered. But it was our first pass at doing guides. And uh, you can see we have F7-1200, S7-1500, Compact Logics, Control Logics, Panel Views, Micrologics, Micros, and all kinds of stuff here. Um, so these are completely free. And what they are is we took all our content and we ordered it from simple to complex. So you can he see here the Siemens S7-1200 guide starts with how to find your distributor. And then we get into things like using PID and your first time writing SCL uh, programs and, you know, connecting and encoded the high speed counter in an S7-1200 and so on and so on. So um, completely and always free, everything at the automation blog. So in any, except for our merchandise, of course. Um, but in any case, so uh, if you know anybody who's looking for information on um, the S7-1200, S7-1500, or those other devices I talked about, now, instead of just searching the blog, you can go to the guide. Okay, we don't have a guide for Mitsubishi. I think we only had 10 articles that Paul wrote for us on that. We don't have articles on, um, we don't have a guide for some of the other products where we haven't done a lot of content on yet. But hopefully in the future we will. From there we go to events, and Horner has an interesting event coming up um, in on February 20th. This is uh, using the Horner OCS automation system with Apple HomeKit, right? Interesting, kind of mixing industrial automation with home automation. Very interesting. There may be times where you want to do that. So um, that would I would love to attend that. But the good news about these are every single one they've done is on their website. So you can watch them afterwards. And we've had them on the Automation Podcast. So you want to kind of get up to speed on what those guys are doing over there, uh, check out our episode of the Automation Podcast with Horner Automation. It's a lot of fun. We'll do that podcast. We have another event coming up. So let me back up. So this is uh, February 20th, 2 p.m. Eastern, Horner, uh, Horner OCS with Apple HomeKit. So now we have another one. Now we talked about the article, what does root cause analysis mean from Excita? And um, now they have a webinar on February 22nd. So next week, let's see here. What time is it? Uh, let's see. D, they're still showing EDT. That's so strange. 
So remember, that's Eastern Daylight Time. It's We're actually EST right now. So in any case, they have a 10 a.m. and a 4 p.m. session. Again, you'll want to check out those times to see if they're really EDT or EST. So in any case, from there, we go over to a video from Opto22. This is one of the, from the World Forum they went to, the IoT World uh forum um so this is a video about deploying iot to maximize roi you can see it here several guest speakers you got hive mq eclipse lec opto 22 and magazine whatever that is okay he's the moderator so in any case uh check that out if you're interested in that video from there we go over to, to uh, manuals and you know the manual i thought I thought this was very interesting. Rocco released an update to the panel view component HMI terminal manual. And I'm thinking, well, this thing's obsolete, but I'm glad they, they updated it. I didn't know that they still made, I actually was, looked at it and said, hey, what's new? And they updated the link for the panel view component emulator. So that's a software that allows you to emulate the panel view component right on your PC. Um, the problem with the panel view component from my standpoint was I think the CPU was just... Uh, um, undersized they, they seemed a little laggy and that's what all my uh my, my end users told me this thing takes forever and it wasn't like with the panel view plus where the update rate was set at one second which is way too slow it was uh it just seemed like it was it was struggled so um but in any case i've, I've been trying to find one so i could do so i can add um a panel view component along with the panel view 800 that I cover in my micro 800 clause. So when you take my micro 800 clause to entitled nano basics, I do do some basics with the panel view 800. I'd love to add some panel view component. They're very similar, but in any case, Hey, if you have any panel view components still left out there, the manual has been updated. They also have a new brochure on their independent cart technology. Okay. You can see that there. That's their, I think it's iTrack. Yeah, iTrack. And then um, they have a new data sheet or really technical data on all of their cord sets and field attachments. It's nice to have everything in one place. This is 124 pages. So um, they updated the wide wiring diagrams. So um, this is always helpful if you like you need to know what a particular cord set from Rockwell does, you know, what's the specs on it and so on. Um, over to Schneider Electric. Um, we have a couple of the TSIS T uh product manuals come out now this is not the thesis island that we talked about in our podcast which is really cool but these uh we have the motor management controller modbus communication guide and uh, i guess i have the same one up twice they also had a new uh brochure come out on their power and process control system right and i thought this was very interesting because it includes foxborough dcs but it also includes their Power Automation System, EPAS, and I don't, I don't have any idea what that is, except that uh, if we look down here, they show this, uh, I think it's an EPAS controller, and they say that it is the EcoStructure EcoDynamic Controller is the first controller providing direct integration of electrical, why is this making me do this, substations to Foxborough DCS systems. So pretty cool. Uh, they also have a uh, process expert compatibility matrix. I like these. These show you like what operating systems. So, you know, if you have the process expert, EcoStructure process, process expert, depending on what version, of course, you're going to get different uh, Windows operating system support. And with that, we go over to Emerson and we have some uh, SOLA, uh, SDU DC series uh, UPS manual. We also have a uh, SDU series um 
what is this? This is the instruction manual. Okay, great. And finally, we have uh, a field support documentation for their flow computers and related uh, devices. So this is a PDF with tons of different links to different, uh, different PDFs. Uh, with that, we have two other science and technology articles I wanted to share with you. The first one was about an open source microchip, okay? But the difference with this one is it has um, built-in security, right? So very interesting. I enjoyed reading this. It's based on the Open Titan hardware design. So if you're in electronics, I think you'll enjoy this article. This is all based on the RISE RISC-V um, architecture. And then the last uh, article we have today is 100 years ago, IBM was born. So IBM, International Business Machines, um, I still remember when they came out with their uh, personal computer. And then uh, I built uh, PS2s for a while when I just got out of college before I got into industrial automation. So, uh, you know, PS2-30s, 40s, it kind of felt like PLC-5s, right? 30s, 40s, 60s, 80s, and so on. But I thought this was a really interesting article if you're into PCs and um, kind of, you know, IBM helped make the personal computer reality by by helping uh, form a standard of an open source standard or open standard. Um, yeah, very interesting article there. Now, I do want to thank Siemens for making today's show uh, ad-free. Thank th thanks uh, to Siemens for sponsoring the show. I do want to put a plug in for, I'm not even logged in yet, a uh, plug for our uh, community, automation.locals.com. If you have questions for me, like you want to ask me technical questions, this is a place to go. You can follow for free or you can join up for just two buckaroos a month. And uh, also, if you have any feedback for us, use the talkback or feedback link depending on which site you want. I think I'm going to change this to be talked back to. But in any case, so maybe I'll change the other one to feedback. But this is where you can tell us what you think about anything. And um, I also want to thank everybody who picked up a copy of our eBooks, our coffee cups, our T-shirts, and more. Uh, every penny of profit goes right back into the site and show. And from there, just a reminder, every single link we've covered on this show, all 160, I think, seven shows, um, you will find at automate.news, no www, no.com, just automate.news. And uh, we have our uh, independent contractor doing this for us. I think he's doing a great job. If you guys find any mistakes, let me know. But um, uh, between this and the microbogs and other things we have working, him working on, he's just being a huge help. So with that, I'm going to switch back to full screen here. And, you know, hopefully over time, um, the studio will get finished and we'll be able to uh, to have, I think, I don't feel like I'm, this, the stu this is not the studio I want to do the show from. But hey, in a pinch, it worked. So with any case, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish my coffee as soon as I get off the phone here. I do want to check the chat. I see Frank uh, chimed in. Uh, he says, hey, February 17th and 18th, Vintage Computer Show. Oh, I'd love to go to that. Uh, it's over in Orange, uh, California. Old School Computers DOS Days. I actually went to a DOS class. I talked my boss into it. It was pretty hard in the very early 90s. But I'm like, you don't know what you don't know, right? So I got to go to a, it was Entree Computer Center at the time. And, uh, man, it was just nice to fill in the gaps. And, um, yeah, big fan of, I got. I think I have all my computers from that original 88, 8088 to my 386. I skipped the 286 at home, went to a 386, and I had a MathCo processor. For techies, you have to do that. And uh, just it's been a lot of fun. Of course, I still have my VIC-20 and C64. And uh, I have my mother's uh, TI-99 as well. 
Um, yeah, I just love those old computers. And my old Atari 2600 and Pong machine. All right, I'm going to stop. But in any case, Frank, thank you for the heads up. If anybody is out there near Orange, California, check out the Vintage Computer Show. I'm sure it's going to be a blast. And with that, I'm going to blast out of here. I want to thank everybody who watched. I know a lot of you watch after the fact. Thank you. Um, we will be back. We plan to be back Tuesday. And so um, we hope to see you then. But until then, you know, no matter what happens in the world, you know, I want to encourage you to stay fearless, stay courageous, and uh, try to stay positive. And until next time, my friends, peace.